Thank you for tuning in to R12, Brother Randy, Brother Nate, Feeding the Faith, one podcast at a time. Welcome back to another episode of R12, Feeding the Faith, Brother Randy and Brother Nathan here. How was last week for you, Brother Nate? It was very tiring. Um, I looked at you spiritually. Well, you know, when your week's winding down, it seems like it's always spiritually draining. Um, and then you know, Sunday comes right, right in the nick of time to recharge you back and get you ready for the week. But just physically, um, I ain't gonna lie, it seemed like last week drug on. It did forever. <laughs> it seemed like uh, there was eight days in that week and. Eight, more like 80. My goodness, it seemed like every time we turned around, it was Monday all over again. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, here with work that we do we do <clears throat> during the day, you know, it doesn't stop for me after I leave here. I've got to, I've either got softball going on that I have to coach, or I've got football going on that I have to coach, or I've got the, the T-shirt business, the vinyl business going on. Um, so that keeps me up. 12 to well, 2 in the a.m. <laughs> my boy made the basketball team. Congrats. So now I'm not coaching the team, but I'm coaching him. Right. Because he's never played before. So I'm having to teach him the fundamentals of basketball. Oh, yeah. Where I played for so long. Right. You know. But, How old your boy? 10. He just turned 10 a week ago. Was that, what, third grade, fourth grade? Fourth grade. Fourth grade. Which, <clears throat> he's about the biggest one on the team, height-wise. Right. Of course, he's, he, he hit a growth spurt kind of early, and he'll probably have another one. So but he's other in kids the right sport. Yeah, yeah, the other kids haven't really caught up to him yet, gotcha. so he's taller and probably more he's probably physically stronger than majority of the kids i think there's only one other kid on the team that's as tall as he is but it's not as as stout as gage is so um i'm trying to teach him how to be a big man right on the team and uh not only physically but uh, physically yeah uh so at practice the other night i have been working with him on how to box out on the rebounds mm-hmm. and what to do if you get boxed out and he kind of tossed a kid on the floor just like picked him up and threw him and i was like i don't didn't necessarily want you to you know toss the kids around like that but Right. It was kind of funny because he, when he done it, he turned around and looked at me and smiled and gave a thumbs up. And I'm just like, yeah. I won't lie. I was smiling. I was like, yeah, that's. That's funny yeah. you say that because uh, <laughs> last week's football game, my son had <clears throat> laid a good block on a guy, knocked the guy down. You know, we encourage that stuff around the house. <laughs> but, you know, out there on the field, and what was so ironic about it was the play before he could have saved the ball game. We ended up losing by five points, a touchdown. Ooh. 
and he ended up missing the game-saving tackle. Well, <clears throat> we get the ball back, try to score, and then he lays this impressive block, you know. And it's kind of a cheap shot in my eyes because the play's done by, so, I mean, it's like there's no need to block this kid. But he comes in there and just, I mean, ramsacks the guy. He, he flops like a dish rag on the ground. And he gets up and he's throwing up his arms, flexing on him. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing the, no, cut it out, you know, the, the <clears throat> wave my arm under my chin. Like, no. And, uh, you know, luckily the referees didn't see it because they will call on sportsmanlike penalty. Um, but, you know, you, you, you raise you, your kids up, especially your sons, to um, be like a man. And when, you know, when you think of a man, not a boy, you think of being strong. Well, and that's one reason I was pretty excited for my boy to, to play basketball. He hasn't, he hasn't played any sport before, team, actual, at school for a team. Right. You know, been out in the backyard and played some baseball and throw the football around, you know, and that kind of thing. But. I think it's a, a very positive influence, especially in a young man, to play sports. Absolutely. It, it, there's a lot of education uh, growing up as as a boy, a young man, um, playing with a team, how to be, um, there's a level of responsibility there um, when it comes to playing together and, you know, um, well, it teaches being, them a lot about life. It does. Being at practice and participating and, and, and you know, pre preparing yourself, you know, because you, if you're going to practice and you're, you're doing what the coach asks you to do, you're kind of getting a game plan together, your next opponent, you know, learning all that and just taking it all in, you know, and that's a, that's a life lesson. Be prepared. Prepared. Absolutely. Um, uh, you don't see kids participate in the sports like you used to. I know when I was growing up, they would have tryouts for basketball, football, baseball, whatever. There was a lot of kids that turned out. A lot of guys would right. come out to very play. Very competitive. Very, very competitive. But that was, that was in a day and age where technology wasn't as advanced as right. it is now. You know, we didn't have... I didn't, we didn't have video game systems right. like that, you know, PlayStation 1, you know, or uh, Sega Genesis. Some folks here, here, getting this back might here not now. have a clue what that was. But, you know, that wasn't something you like, oh, you know, I'm going to sit here and play this for hours and hours on end. It's, you know, you just didn't do that. Right. There were so many other things to do. Like, we, we really got outside and played. Well, back then, the graphics wasn't near as what they are today well, we thought they were awesome yeah you know, well you've never that's seen two tvs so right it's not a flask. right and you know just to defend the gamer world out there if you're listening i do still play games no, but no. These, these kids you know as a kid it, when i played the games it just made me want to go outside and do the real thing i just never you know i grew up in a neighborhood there was only two other kids there yep. and i mean you know as far as getting a football game started with three guys three guys it's kind of hard to do well we play i had a basketball goal in the backyard no concrete no asphalt like it was mm -hmm. dirt dirt yep uh, it started out as grass i wore it wore it down right. to dirt had a big dirt circle 
Beside the Did you have a pole on your go? Yeah. See, I didn't even have a pole on my well, here, go. Here's the funny <laughs> part is it was never concreted in, so it always had a lean to it. Yeah. So you always shooting on the lean. I don't think it was ever 10 foot. Yeah, that'll mess a man up right um, there. But I go out there and I shoot <clears> for hours. Just shoot, just keep shooting, keep shooting. There was some kids that lived down the street and we would always try to go play with them. Something Most of the time they weren't home. Um, we would always get a home run derby with tennis balls. Oh yeah. And see how far we could launch tennis balls. Um, and we had a fence that one of the neighbors had a chain link fence. So we would, you know, pace off the field and be hitting from the neighbor's yard across our yard and using that fence as the home run line, right. hit him over the fence. We do that a few times, but as far as having enough people to play a football game, right? yeah, that was, I don't think we ever, ever really got a football game up. If it, if we did, it didn't last long. Somebody get hurt, yep. so there wasn't enough people to play. So yep, and go crying home. Yeah, and your your friends, you're not friends until two more days later. I so. think the last football game I remember playing, growing up, was couples. There was a family that lived there. Had a couple kids. They were just some straight devilish kids. Like they were always into something, doing something. Yeah. Uh, they had came over, and. Uh, wanted to play football. I don't know if they just had it out to try to hurt somebody that day. Right. But uh, I, I decided to play, and we were playing. And this guy just full-on spears me, tackles me. And when, when he did, my head kind of flopped back and hit the corner of a tree stump in the, in the corner of the yard and just split my head mm. up. And I didn't even realize that I knew it, I'd hurt my head, but I had the coat I had on, I had my hood up because it was cold outside. Yeah. I didn't even, I don't think I realized that the inside of my hood was covered in blood, you know, because mm. I finished playing, got inside and took it off and it was like dried to my head. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, we never played football with them kids again. They I guarantee ended up moving out and leaving the, the street we lived on. Thank goodness. Uh, those kids. So... Tying all this in to where we're headed with this. Well, I felt like uh, today's topic is manhood. You know, give it just a lot of uh, we got some absolutely wonderful neighbors. <laughs> Subi's life. I know, right? <laughs> Nowhere to park. Um, well, yeah, we live next to a local uh, Subaru dealership slash mechanic shop. So Supposedly the only okay. one in like three states. I don't even know. Yeah, so if you need anything, holler at us. We can get you hooked up on the Subarus. Hashtag Subi is live. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> no, I was doing a devotional and it just... This kind of hit me. Where are the men at these days? Mm. Like, where has manhood gone? Right. You just... And now, I get this. Technology has allowed men in general to not necessarily be just hardcore, you know, 
down in the dirt kind of men anymore. I'm not saying that those men don't exist, but they're almost an extinct breed of of men. For lack of better words, we got a lot of soft-handed men out there, and I wouldn't. I don't even know if I'd put the label men on them. Well, sissies is what I would label them. I mean, I mean, for lack of better words, yes, they're just a bunch. And that's of just the way I've been raised. Uh, my father always taught me, "Don't be a sissy." And, yeah, uh, I mean, that I as, mean, as the words of Phil Robertson would say, a yuppie. Yeah, I mean, just downright, you know, got dish, this, uh, what do they call it, dish soap hands or whatever you want to call. It. I don't know how they word that, but it's it's pretty funny. Yeah. I'm talking about men that, that Well, I think that there's this, in my opinion, I want to call it a disease going on, and it is feminism. And I'm not just directing that towards women. That has nothing well, it, to do with it, women. It, yeah, it has nothing to do other with women. Other than... It's men that, that have decided to live a feminine lifestyle. Well, and we're not blaming women. We're not headed in that direction. The direction I'm headed in is it's the man's fault. Absolutely. The, you know, and the, growing up, um, I had friends, and they were more feminine, and you look at their, their home life, and their dad was nowhere to, around. And see, that's part of the problem, that... And I've got I've got a little list here that we'll kind of go through, but that in itself has a lot to do with it. Men are quitters now. They don't want to tough anything out. They don't want to stick to the obligations that they've made. If you're man enough to create the child. Oh, yeah. You ought to be man enough to raise the child. Amen to that. I mean, flat out. I hear the excuse, well, I'm just not happy. I, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to be in this anymore. Man, they're, they're just jumping out of the boat and swimming off. Well, what we got to realize is there's consequences to every action. Yeah, well, but that's the thing. They don't see that. They're not looking, you know, down the road and thinking, well, how is this affecting this kid? Well, the, I'll tell you, the problem lies when they're young and kids ask where babies come from and they say, from some bird that drops them off, they don't really tell them, hey, I, the, you know, you get together aspect, with a woman. In the, in the aspect of things, I don't, you know, I'm not sitting here and going to tell somebody, and I'll tell your four-year-old young and how babies are made. Right. But at some point in time, men have to be men and, and realize that they created this. They need to be a part of it. Yep. Not none of this own up to it yeah i mean look it's it's called adulting for those who don't understand what i'm saying it's called adulting right if you're adult enough to do it you're adult enough to take care of it go ahead and read the scripture for us nate first uh, corinthians chapter 16 verse 13 through 16 13 and 14 I think. and 14 okay 
Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit ye like men, be strong. Verse 14, let all your things be done with charity. That's 14. So the first point, be watchful. Men should have a vision. What kind of vision would you think? Well, the vision, lust aside, when you lay down with a woman, when we look at it from a biblical standpoint, God created sex to mean good and for reproduction purposes, you know, to create life. And when we look at sex, we don't look at it with that purpose. We look at it with a lustful eye and fleshly desires. Yep. Instead of realizing, hey, I want to create another human being with this person, they're just looking at it, well, I want to get my rocks off and go on about my stuff. Well, here's the... The devil is taking that act, this beautiful act that God created for a husband and a wife. So it's a sin outside of marriage to begin with. Absolutely. They're entering in to that sin with with the simple goal of just just doing it to be doing it. There's no there's no love there. There's no relationship there. They're not married. And no commitment. No commitment, no strings attached. So now I'm not going to say every guy out here that's guy or girl is, is doing this is you know well I got feelings for I do love them well if you love them but you need to be married yeah but get married right quit quit being a pansy man up scared man up marry the woman treat her right and do things right absolutely but the devil has taken that beautiful act that God gave a, a husband and a wife and that's where we're at today. If you look at the state of California, California has passed some of the most ridiculous laws oh, yeah. pertaining to sexual education and all that lies within. I mean, they're teaching these kids as early as pre-K about this stuff. So they've taken love and man and woman, husband and wife, completely out of the equation. The world has said you don't have to be married. You can do you can you can do this whenever you feel like, with ever who you want to, and it is okay. No, it is not. It is not okay by any means whatsoever. It's an act of love between a husband and a wife. Period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. The Bible tells us that the, the bed has remained undefiled. That means you just don't jump into bed with whoever. I mean, if you if you want to really dig in deep to the Bible, back in the book of Genesis and Exodus, the Canaanites, they had this problem with immorality. They were having sex with whoever, whenever, all the time. That's why God allowed them to be killed like they were. The Israelites marched over top of them and took the land. God was trying to stop that from being spread through his people. Mm -hmm. 
we're seeing the same issue today. Oh yeah. This stuff is spreading through the, the, the children of God. It's in our homes, it's in our schools, it's in our churches. The men aren't being men. They don't have a vision of family and family life. And they're, they're growing cold and walking away from God. Fewer and fewer men are in churches now. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I forget how long, it's been a few months ago, I read a, a book or an article from a book about masculinity. And some 60% of churches now are just is women. Christianity in general has become a feminine, feminine. <laughs> uh, religion. So that's just because the men don't have the vision anymore. They don't have a vision of a God-filled life, family life, and taking care of those things. They've just walked away from it. Stand firm. Men, are, men aren't afraid to stand against the tide when they, when they are resolved in what they believe. Men are scared nowadays terrified oh yeah and i see this you know coaching 78 year old tackle football um they're scared to hit each other with pads on fully equipped they run up and you know like you said we grew up in a different age and time it was a lot more competitive and to be quite honest with you we we had a backbone when it came down to it yeah uh you know we weren't like back in the 1800s when them boys went out there and worked at eight-year-old, you know. Oh, no. I, and stuff like that. I but was pretty close to that. At 12, I was out working. But but regardless of the situation, you know, we got to teach these kids to run up and give them a big hug and put all your body weight on them and slam them in the dirt. <laughs> but what they do in turn is run up, give them a hug, and stop. And then there they are just hugging them. Like, hey, buddy, how you doing today? <laughs> and, and you get down to the root of it, and it's like, what are you doing? Well, I'm trying to tackle him. Well, why are you trying to tackle him? Run through him. So they get up there to the next go. Well, they run, and they never stop running. They hug him to the side and end up falling away. And it's like, well, why did you run to the side? Well, because we're scared. And it's like, there you go. I know you're seven and eight-year-old. Well, here's the thing. But this just rolls over each now, year. I'm, I'm not condoning this in any way. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you this from a, an example point of view from my life. When I was growing up, it wasn't anything to see a couple of guys just fist fight. Right. Now, like I said, I'm not condoning that. I'm not saying go out here and knuckle up with somebody and beat each other's heads in. No. But that's how we solved problems. From the time I was in elementary school till I got into high school, if you had a problem with somebody, you'd man up, go to them, you'd fight it out. And then probably be become best friends after, honestly. Nine times out of ten, <laughs> yes. Didn't matter who won or lost. You know what? Shake hands. And that was the last you heard of it. And it didn't matter what it was over. It didn't matter if it was over yeah. such such a girlfriend or if it was over 
you said this and I said this, knuckled up, fought it out, that was it. Mm -hmm. Nobody said a word about it afterwards. Nobody, and if you asked anybody, nobody remembered it. We got problems in, in schools alone, not to mention the general public, There ain't, there, they don't do things like that anymore. There's not any level of testosterone and masculinity. They just go home and get a gun, shoot 35 people. Yeah, radically. And then, well, I've got mental disorder. You got the devil's what you got. Yeah. Right? Don't it? I mean, that's a whole other subject. But you just... It's, it's like society has taught young men boys and young men it's not okay to be a man it's not okay to be masculine it's not okay to to have some testosterone like they want to keep the male population in check the weaker and softer they are the easier they are to push them around mm-hmm So the third thing would be act like men. Not a man, act like men. Plural form. That manhood isn't an individual journey, it's team players. And that goes back to what we was talking about earlier with the kids and playing sports. Right. You know, it teaches them how to, not only to mature and be a man, but Teaches them how to be a man with men. Because I like to think that, you know, my boy, he's just 10 years old. When he gets 16, 17, 18 year old in high school, he's still going to be playing ball right. with other young men. Well, it's like this. Kogan, that's my boy's name. He's he's eight year old, and or he's seven, about to be eight in November. And... You know, the other day, I forget what it was. I got on to him. Um, I, th I think he told me to shut up, and he was just playing around. He didn't say it, you know, in any with any uh, purpose behind it. I was just aggravating him, and he said, you better shut up or something like that. And I turned around, and I said, you better learn some respect before I knock your lips off your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and Yeah, I've been down that, that road already. You know, and obviously I would not hit him in the mouth, but I would give him a whoop and then disciplinary action would follow. And, you know, we got in the house and I guess he got to his mama and he's, he started, you know, kind of whimpering about, I didn't mean for him to really shut up, this, that, and other. And she told me, so I went in there and had a talk with him and I said, you know, it's nothing personal. I said, I just want you to respect me. I don't tell you to shut up. I don't cuss at you. I don't do anything disrespectful towards you. I said, when I disciplinary you, it's not because I'm mad at you or I, I hate you or, you know, anything other than I'm teaching you. God willing, when you have a son of your own or daughter, you will know how to disciplinary them. Well, I've been, I've been through the same thing with my boy. There's times that I'll ask him to do something or tell him he needs to do something. He'll get he'll get mouthy. And he'll pop off with something just stupid. 
and it takes everything in me to control myself that way be the bigger man per se well <laughs> yeah be the bigger man but also come across to him in a way to teach him a man should be right instead of just popping off at him and you know giving him down the road and you know telling him that you ever talk to me that way you're going to do what i tell you to do be man enough to teach him the correct way right and not to be disrespectful because he's told me to shut up before him i won't lie there's been a couple of times that i just gave him down the road just you don't tell me to shut up you know you're 10 i'm 37 right let's think about this for a second yeah <laughs> but well, it happens but after after that moment of instant fury yeah i mean anybody's ever had a kid tell him to shut up and they're a grown person especially in the heat of the moment now you best believe you don't tell his mama to shut up well well him, <laughs> now you want to now that's that's kind of a show right there well she starts ripping him apart if you've ever been told this if you've ever had a kid mouth off to you and and know that it was this utter disrespect you've probably had that moment where you just kind of lose it for about five seconds and you kind of put them in their place real quick but after that after that's done you know you kind of got a little regret like you know maybe i should have handled that a little different but that's part of a young man growing up right he's got to learn respect because if you're going to be a man amongst men you've got to respect the other man exactly you got to know how to talk to people and how you, you got to understand how you want people to address you and talk to you if you don't want people disrespecting you and telling you to shut up and talking to you in that tone then you can't speak to the people that way and that's very important for a young man to learn that well you know, you've got to give to get yeah so if you're eight nine ten years old and you're at school hanging out with your little buddies and you're talking to each other like that well that's just going to carry on you're going to carry that outside the bounds of your eight-year-old friendships at school and you're going to bring it to an adult or somebody older and if you ain't careful you're going to take it to the wrong person and probably get your jaws jacked right or you know when i was growing up you mouth off or back talk or say something like that you got popped you got the back side of the hand right across the face and it wasn't i mean it was that's just the way it was you you never did it again well you know going back to what we're discussing here um it all starts with the parenting the raising the bringing yes. up of the child yeah and getting away from morals and values of what men before them should have taught them you see kids now back talking their parents, back talking strangers. You know, oh, yeah. I was to treat a stranger better than, in some cases, my parents as far as manner goes. You know, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents didn't tell me to say that when I answered them, but they wanted me to do that with strangers um, just to show that I had manners. Yeah, I, 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 was in the, I was in kind of the same situation at home. Yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. 
and I get it. I've been around people that even my age now, somebody older than me, out of sheer respect for them, address them as, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Oh, that, you don't have to call me ma'am or sir. It makes me feel old. Well, I understand that, but there's a level of respect that I have for you in addressing you that way. I'm not trying to do it to make you feel old, but I want you to understand I respect you. You're wise. You've lived to be 60, 70, 80 year old. There's a level of respect there. Absolutely. As a middle-aged man, I guess I would call myself, you know, I'm knocking on the door of 40, having a 10-year-old son. I definitely want him to see what it's like to be a man from him to me. I want to show him that. I want him show I want to show him how to be a man among men. I don't I don't want him to see me acting like a complete idiot, being disrespectful to folks, treating mistreating people, mistreating people, mistreating his mother, my wife. He should at all times see me being a real man, taking care of things, doing things as I'm supposed to do them. Like the Bible says, train them up in the way they should go. Absolutely. And they won't depart. Absolutely. That includes teaching them how to be a man. Just like he sees me every Sunday going to church. He sees me reading my Bible every day. He knows that I pray every day. That's part of being a real man. If I want him to do those things, he needs to see me doing them. It's not one of those things, do as I say, not as I do. Absolutely. And, you know, that, that ties in with treating women right with respect and, you know, leading back to what we were talking about earlier, um, just, you know, in general, treating them like a piece of property, you know, using and abusing them. Oh, yeah. Um, well, and that, that kind of leads, that's put us in the situation we're in. Yeah, and, and where I'm getting with that is women have lost faith in men to be leaders. So you see this act of feminism taking over of be strong women, and we're not discrediting women at all. They're some of the strongest species on this earth. And I wouldn't even degrade them by saying species, but, you know, creatures of God that that's in their nature to take over and, and do something that a man can't do and be independent. Well, they've become that way because of the lack of men or human beings that are supposed to be men. Right. It's a lack thereof in the life in the lives of women in general. A woman's had to step up and put take on the role of where a father should be, a daddy should be, because he just don't exist. Right. He's not in the house. He's not in the household. He's he's came and went. So if there's a lack of a good man or a male role model in a child's life, then that that child is more than likely going to exhibit that that loss later in life. He's not going to show characteristics of being raised by both parents. And you take that and times it 
roll it over, stomp it out over how many centuries of this has been going on. And we have what we have today, a product of what we have today. Well, I would be willing to say, I'm not looked this up, but the absent tea father in the household has been grown more and more and more, I'd say probably since the 60s. It's become more of an issue, not saying that it never happened before, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. It, if you walked into today's, just randomly walked into a, a classroom of kids and by a show of hands, how many live with their mother and their father? I'd say a third of the class might raise their hand mm -hmm. and the Sad. other two thirds live with either or or have joint custody of some type. That's sad, because that, I mean, there's a lot of kids growing up without one or the other in their life. Some of them don't even have mom or dad, they're living with their grandparents. Right. You know, so, it's just sad. Uh, and that's just society in general. And, and you know, now they're, with the push of the homosexual movement that's going on, <laughs> let's just be honest, some homes ain't, ain't got any daddies, they got two mommies. Mm. Or they got two daddies and no mama, which is even worse. That's a whole different. That's a whole different ball game. Well, so, it's all sin. <laughs> it's all sin. It's no one sins gooder than another. But you hate to see that as their home life. Be strong, men. Uh, men understand that they are wired to produce value this means men work we were talking about it earlier how technology had kind of give away to a man in general not really getting out there and working you know these rough tough jobs you know i know when i was growing up it wasn't most men worked in some kind of construction or factory somewhere, you know, they come home dirty at night, you know, just earning a living by the sweat of their brow. With the advancements in technology, you don't see that quite as much. You know, a lot of guys have office jobs now, you know, I guess in the area we live in, there's still quite a bit of factory work going on. But even then it's not really you know, down and rough, nitty gritty kind of work. But nonetheless, I believe a man should still work, get out and earn a living and provide for his family. And that, just like with the absence of fathers in homes, dads and fathers that work for a living, that's kind of gone away too. You see a lot of people living off of the government. Um, unemployment or just straight up social security well what it becomes disability I guess you'd call it what now. it comes down to Randy is men have gotten lazy <laughs> they're soft they've gotten lazy to the point of like you just said unemployment taking disability not wanting to work not wanting to father the children that they've made yep 
uh, not stepping up and being a leader as God called a man to be. That's a man's job is to be a leader pr- to provide. Yep. And we're not answering that calling as men in, in general. Well, if you sit down and talk to an old timer, and what I mean by old timer, anybody that's probably 65 years of age or older, they'll be the first to tell you that today's generation is a bunch of wussies, pansies, soft-handed, don't have the slightest clue how to get out here and work. Now, there's probably a couple exceptions. There's probably some young guys out here that just get out here and work. That I don't know his land. That boy goes to church with us. He gets he he can't be 19, 20 year old. He gets out here and mows yards for a living. Yeah. He's probably one of the few that I know at that age that gets out here and sweats like he does and earns his money to pay for what he's got. Well, you know, even if you're talking to an old head and you you're saying 60 or above, well, just think of the guys before their time. They're probably looking at those guys and saying. Well, these guys got it made. We didn't even have this, and we didn't have that. And so what we see, it's a repetition, and it's getting worse by the day, by the decade. So my granddaddy is 91. He worked a lot of hard years, especially when he was growing up, because he, he was born in the 20s, so he'd have lived through the 30s and the Depression into the 40s and my great great my great granddaddy John well he grew up in the late 1800s and the 1900s before you ever had my granddaddy if I had to guess my great granddaddy John and my my granddaddy they worked a lot of hard, hard jobs. And that hard work ethic was passed down, as well as a lot of men passed that down through their family. You didn't have anything if you didn't get out and work for it. Can I, I can't sit here and say that my granddaddy didn't teach my dad that hard work ethic, because I, knowing my granddaddy, he did. But there's like a failure to communicate in my family. Because I, now I'm not going to sit here and badmouth my dad. Yes, we don't get along. I don't really have much to do with him. But if there was an easy way out, that man would do it. He just flat would do it. There wasn't no. Let's just get out here and grind, do the best we can, scratch, and pay the bills. That wasn't him. It never was him. Now, me and my brother, we're more like our granddaddy. We'd work, do whatever we had to do to make sure everything was took care of. I hope to pass that on. I hope my boy understands that, that nothing is free and nothing is easy. If it's, if it's worth anything, it's worth hard work. That's right. 
I think that's value, valuable information that today's generation could use. And if it's, if it's really worth anything, it's worth having God in your life and working by the sweat of your brow and, and earning what, what, what you should. So with with wrapping this up, bringing it to a conclusion here, um, what it comes down to is following Christ. Christ was a great example, you know, as far as being a leader, being a manly man, and doing the right thing. And if we can follow His example and, and try our best to stay in His footsteps, Amen. our life, and, and we will bear fruit to that. I believe that with all my heart. Without the good Lord's help, I wouldn't be here today to to ha set an example for my boy and other young men that you know that I'm around. It's it's because God allows me to, and it's only through God and and for God that I can be the man that He created me to be. So, Brother Cobb, if you don't mind, if you'll say a quick word of prayer for us today. I will. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for another opportunity to, you know, just spread the gospel, Lord, and try our best to feed the faith through this podcast, Lord. We ask that you bless it, bless the ears that hear it, Lord. Be with each and every one out there that is trying to fight the good fight, Lord, that you may comfort them in, in time of need and give them the strength to endure their daily walks, Lord. Just just rise up a, gener a generation in this nation of men that act like you do, Lord, and walk as you walk, Lord. Just give us the strength and, and, and be with us each and every day. We ask that you um, do all of these things in your son's holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.